Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Soshing with Suntwe. Um, we are just uh, running a bit late today. Um, I can see Malume has just joined us over there in the corner, so I will be bringing him on in a minute. If you would just bear with us a minute while I get everything going as usual and do the shares and get everything sorted. Remember that we are here every Wednesday talking to a different guest, different topics, different everything. And uh, yeah, give us a like. If you're already there with us, give us a comment. Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know who you are. Say hi. Don't forget this is an interactive experience. So we like get involved in the conversation. Drop your comments and questions wherever you can. Um, we'd love to hear from you and love to, to take your questions and all the rest of it. Um, just going to do the shares quick. If you just give me a second. Uh, we want to send it to the group so that everyone there doesn't miss out. We want to send it to... Uh, a couple of other places, like my profile. If you're going to want to contribute, you can send it to your profile. Whatever groups you think might be relevant, tag your mates, let them know. Uh, one more, I reckon. One, two more. Such a slow process. I need an assistant to be doing this. <laughs> Life goals, when I grow up. Right, I think I've done all the the shares. Let's get it up on the big screen behind the one I'm using so that I can see your comments nicely. Hey Val, good to see you. Thank you for always supporting so much. It's always great to have you. Right, we are in business. So if you don't know about Soshing with Suntwe, Soshing is a Zimglish or Zimbabwean slang term, which means socializing. And Suntwe is my nickname from the Zambezi, which means hyena in Tonga. There's a long story of how that came about. If you want to read about it, check out my website, and there's a whole story about it there. Um, but without further ado, let me introduce Malume Fresh. Here he is. Hey, bro. How's it going? What's up? What's up, Paul? How are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm feeling uh, quite good, actually. Like, um, it's been a, a decent day. It hasn't been too stressful. It's been nice. The weather's been the weather's been good. It's been a, it's been bloody cold, but the sun was out, so there was no yeah. rain, which is a change. Same but here. Uh, how's it in Canada? Man, it's the same. Um, the sun is out, but it's a bit cold. You know how it is. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. So this is an interesting situation we have here, uh, everyone, because the first time I ever did a live broadcast was on the other side where uh, Malume was actually interviewing me and he introduced me to this whole thing. So, and has been actually quite instrumental in uh, motivating and uh, inspiring me to start this whole social for Suntwe thing. So we can actually thank him for, for being the inspiration behind it and giving me the tools and showing me how it's done and all the rest of it. So big up to you for that, man. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Paul. I mean, that means a lot to me when you're giving me those accolades. <laughs> when you give me those props. No, you did it. You it's did all it. because of you. I appreciate it, man. So, uh, as it was seen in the poster, you were uh, born in Gwanda. Is that right? Yeah, I was... Uh, man, that's that's a story. I was born deep down in the rural areas in Gwanda. Um yeah, born, born very poor, very poor. Yeah, I've 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 spent a little bit of time in Gwanda. Actually, the the deepest gold mine in Zimbabwe is in Gwanda. Yes, 
Vubachikwe mine. And I've actually been to the bottom. I went 1.3 kilometers underground there. My word. I'll tell you what. I'm claustrophobic. I, I don't know. I don't think I'll do that. I tell you what, um, talking about claustrophobic, the yeah. the lift the lift ride or the skip ride, whatever you call it, it's yeah. like it's like a lift, but it's actually just a cage. It fits ten people in it like sardines, and takes about ten minutes to go from the top down to the bottom, cool. and you're in there like squashed like sardines. And as you go down, it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter, and it's dark. You can't see a thing. It's yeah, it's a weird experience that. Tell you what, I'll believe your experience. I'll never argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I trust you. I trust you with your experience. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, the only reason I went down was just to see what it's like because I, I knew somebody who was involved with the mine and I just said, please, can I come there one day and just go down? I want to see. And yeah. my word, it was completely different to anything I imagined. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, this so, is this is really weird, Paul. I'm not used to being on this other side. <laughs> I, I gotta say it right now. I gotta put it out of, out there right away. So, in case people find it, I'm uncomfortable, or you know, <laughs> or somehow I'm trying to switch the conversation to be about you. So, <laughs> it's bizarre when uh, when the tables are flipped on you, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, so, from uh, Gwanda, you grew up in Bulawayo. Which part? Yeah, actually, I, I I was born in Gwanda and I lived uh, the first beginning years of my life in Gwanda until the age of uh, nine, ten, uh -huh. and that's when I moved to Blawaya. Um, yeah, but uh, my humble beginning started there when uh, I got to experience what real poverty is about. When I got to experience how it is to not to have something to eat going mm. to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my humble beginnings started from there. So, which makes me appreciate the individual and what I have today. It's important that though as well. I think uh, there's a lot of people in the world without any perspective. And I think the, the, a lot of the problems in the world are, are, are because of that lack of perspective. They don't understand or value things the way they should. Right. Um, and I, and you see it all over. I mean, like if you, I mean, I I go on and on about these uh, ridiculous billionaires like Jeff Bezos, and right. you know, I just I just can't fathom that kind of wealth and and how with that kind of wealth you have to lose perspective on what's real in the world because there's nothing nothing unobtainable to you. True, true, and and they still want more. They still want more, but because when you think about it, the amount of money that he has, what else? And he not afford to buy in this modern day and age, but he still wants more. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The last yeah. I checked, he was worth 175 billion dollars. And for just to give a little perspective to what 175 billion dollars is, if he gave a thousand people a million dollars each, he would still have 174 billion dollars. <laughs> you see what I mean? I mean, what the hell? What the hell? And he still wants more. He still wants more. That's no, it's not not only wants more. He's making more every day. It's ridiculous. Yeah, true. And uh, second lockdown here in England uh, starting on Thursday, so he will be making even more money in the next month wow. because everybody's going to be buying everything on Amazon while they sit at home and uh, get bored. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone out there listening, if you are an Amazon shopper, good for you. I also buy things on Amazon. But wherever possible, try and support your local guys because they are struggling and they are going through a really, really tough time now. And Jeff doesn't need another billion dollars. Absolutely. 
Absolutely, you, you, you are right. So yeah, Novo Paul, um, then I moved into Bulawayo, um, where I did my schooling. I have a funny story for you, Paul. I'm interested. Let's hear it. So when I moved to when I moved to Blawaya, I was not uh, used to uh, Caucasian people. How old were you? Uh, I was nine, ten. I was okay. White people, Paul. Um, so <laughs> when I was, I would uh, back then when I was a little boy, when we saw people like yourself coming to the area, I'd be running, running behind to go and see to come and take a look at you, like you know. What is this person real? You know, it, it's weird. So, and when I moved into Bulawayo, <laughs> my dad made the most, the biggest mistake of my life, my entire life. And he put me into an A school and primary school. Oh, yeah. In class, Paul, I'm sitting right next to me, nice, beautiful white girl with hair right almost close to her butt. I'm like, Jeez. I was petrified, my guy. I was scared. I was like, oh, my goodness. I, you have no idea. It was scary. But um, cut the long story short, I, I, I broke the record of doing bad in class dismally. I think out of 34 kids, I probably came number 39. <laughs> 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 that, was, that was scary. But, yeah, so that was an experience. Um, I took some lessons out of that because you were distracted by all the ghosts around you. That's why the I pale was, ghosts. Because <laughs> the, the lesson was I should have been gradually introduced to a system. I should have been gradually introduced to a system, but I was thrown into a deep end of something that I had no clue or no idea of the other side of life. But the genius in my dad uh, was he moved me from that school. He moved me from that school after realizing that my son, I've done some, a terrible mistake for my son. And he sent me to a, um, a, West, a Western side school in Pumola. I went to mm -hmm. a, a suburb in Pumola. Now, another story there. When I get to Pumola and I'm, I'm, I'm at St. Bernard's primary school, I get there. The kids over there, okay, I didn't tell you. I was, my dad had a home in Riverside. So that's a low density. Mm -hmm. I went to Waterford Primary School. So he moved me now. I went to Pumola, St. Bernard's. That's the West End. So now the kids over there, most of them are really coming from the low-income families at the time. Uh, so when I get there, my dad, uh, and when I got there, I, I had to repeat grade five. So when I repeated grade five, the kids automatically expected me to be able to be fluent in English to be good in everything. Cause I'm coming from this end and my dad is dropping me off at school with a car, uh, you know? So I, I've already been put in this level by other students, which I didn't. I left school every day going home to go and watch TV, Paul. Watch TV, sit in front of the TV, watch and listen in English, try and, and try and memorize the words in English, go on to my dictionary, try and understand. <laughs> They meant my brother. Mm -hmm. I became good within a year. Trust me, two years later, I was the head boy of that school. So, ah, excellent. Yeah, that's that's the genius in my father that he did. <laughs> so, so then, in uh, so so growing up in Bulawayo, then after that, you moved to Canada. Um, before then. Um, actually, before then, I did. Uh, I went to. 
I went to school in Dirt and Maris Brothers, where I did my my secondary school, and then I did auto mechanics in Blaway. I became a mechanic um, at Dulles Motors. What, what year is this now? I I, I finished my 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 uh, my apprentice in two thousand, and then I moved to Canada two thousand one. Ah, so you one of these guys who looks younger than he is, huh? <laughs> I like that. I appreciate. Mm. It. Hey, listen, look at this gray hairs. This is not just. Uh, you know, I've done my time. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I know people younger than me with gray hairs like that. So don't. That means nothing. That just means you've got wisdom. I've la- I've labored in this world. <laughs> this world. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. So I moved to Canada. That was in two thousand. In one, yeah. I've Did you go alone or with your parents or with my brother, just the two of us? Wow. With my young brother, just the two of us. We so how old were you in 2001? I was 23. Wow. So that was uh cheapest. Okay. How you doing yet? You know you do you calculating my age. Come on, man, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is that uh, you you literally went from zero to ten years old, not seeing a white guy, now to living in Canada. <laughs> Listen, it's crazy. And to live in Canada and work so hard and end up being in management and, you know, uh, and managing managing white people. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was funny. Uh, that was another funny piece of experience in life. So just before you continue, there's uh, Samugele Impala in the comments that wants to ask a question. And is claiming that I already know what the question is, but I don't. So please just ask the question so we can get around to answering it because otherwise we're going to be here all day. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, let it ask. Um, yeah, so been in Canada then. And uh, um, my other story is that I failed to get back into the industry that I went to school for, I trained for back home because of. Uh, you know, when you come into the country, you're young and you have your responsibilities back home and things like that. I had to work hard and I had to send money back home. With with our culture, we have what you call uh, this black tax where you have to look after your your extended family. Mm-hmm. But mainly it was my parents, my dad. My dad wasn't too well at the time. So, yeah, I had to work hard. I uh, had to pay my own bills, you know, look after myself and send money back home. So I ended up finding myself in an industry that I didn't know I would end up in and excel in the manner that I did. I ended up in uh, food, food, uh, meat processing industry. So that's where I ended up. Oh, wow. But uh, yeah, so that's, that must've been like, I, I, I want to know the, the sort of mindset and the, like, Sure. When you went to Canada, was that your first time outside Zimbabwe or outside of Africa, or first? Is it was that your first like sort of experience? It was my first time on a plane and first time outside Africa. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so getting on an airplane, what were you thinking? What was your mind? Were you were you scared of getting on the airplane? Were you uh, excited? How does it feel? Actually, I wasn't scared. I was excited. I was excited and. Uh, but I was only scared of not knowing where I'm going because I didn't know where I was going, how it was going to end up, end up like. But I had to be the older brother because my young brother was with me. So I had to be his pillar of support and, and behave macho and act macho that I'm here. You're safe when you're with me. You understand what I'm saying? 
yeah so, safe but i that's what was scary for me because i didn't know where i was going but the the plane was exciting it was nice it, it was beautiful i i enjoyed it i enjoyed every minute of it you know mm. it must have been like stepping in a portal and stepping out into another world it was it was it was um did you arrive in canada in winter or in summer uh, that was uh spring so are you lucky at least you didn't get the 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 winter straight away yeah no i arrived in the spring but however the first winter was really brutal it was brutal i remember spitting and and my, my saliva when it touched down it was already frozen you know yeah what part of canada are you in i'm in toronto oh, okay yeah i'm in toronto so but yeah it was and and that winter was so cold i vowed i can't get two more winters like this i had to work hard <laughs> Because you know when the when the buses, so yeah, I worked so hard and I was able to purchase a vehicle um, in, in my second year, second year in Canada. So yeah, that's amazing. And year two, you were driving. Yeah. yeah. As a kid, then you must you must never have thought that was even possible. Surely. That's why I say to you, when I look back at my journey, I look at look back at where I came from, humble beginnings. I mean, if you meet, if you if you saw me in person and you saw my 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 legs and saw the amount of scars I have on my legs, will tell a story. I have a story for each and every scar on my legs to tell you what experience I went through to get that scar, uh, and to be where I am today and to be to end up being in this country is is an experience. Is an experience. I, I think I can write a book about that. When was the last time you went home? Twenty eighteen uh, December. Okay, so you went for for a trip. Oh, yeah. I, I try to go every two years. I try to go every two years. This year I was due to go, but because of this COVID, you know, life yeah. is yeah, life has changed. <laughs> for the people on the podcast, you can't see me. I just pulled some very ugly faces about the about uh, COVID. I'm so sick and tired of this nonsense. We, we are, we are, aren't we? We all are tired of this nonsense. That's mm, just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in the meat processing industry, you worked in that, and now you've got your own business in that area. Is that right? Yes. So I, I worked for that organization for 13 years straight. What were you specifically doing there? Um, I, I was a, a, a production supervisor. Um, I started from the floor packing, and I worked my way up. And uh, yeah. So, so was, with meat processing, are we talking about from like abattoir from slaughter to butchering, or we are talking from like meat to changing that to polony and salami and uh, canning meat and stuff like that? No, no, actually, for where I was was uh, more of a center of the plate specialist, uh, portion control specialist. So, meaning to say, we actually purchase product from. Um, purchase product from the arbiters, but specific cuts, for example, we get top ads, we get strip loins, we get, uh, you know, chucks, get uh, ribs, and then portion control them specifically according to specifications of that restaurant or hotel. So our main, our focus was food service, meaning hotels, uh, restaurants, center of the plate, like high-end restaurants. So I see. the type of steak that you go to, a, I don't know what is the big, best steakhouse you have in, in the UK, but the steak that you get there would be coming from us. So we were the biggest in, in town to produce and supply that. And also 
I also got to learn that there was a science in the meat. If you notice, Paul, well, at, out here, I'll speak for out here, the steak that you go and have at a high-end restaurant and the mm. steak that you go and buy from a grocery store, the same steak would taste different. Mm. It's different. It's not because of the cook. It's not because of the way it has been cooked. It is because of the way it has been handled. Mm. The science behind the steak, which means the aging of it. Now, there's more to discuss about that, but that's what part of the processing, the, what I was in, involved in. But I, I worked and looked after the seafood division for, for a very long time, for, for about eight years. I was, I was running the seafood division, um, seafood fish. Um, I have amazing videos of myself filleting fish on, on YouTube that when you saw Paul, you'd never believe it's me. I have amazing hands. <laughs> <laughs> I look up a video called uh, Halibut Cutting Masterclass. Halibut Cutting Masterclass. That's, that's, that's me right there doing my thing. Oh, really? I, yeah. Halibut Cutting Masterclass. You'll have to send me a link. I will. Um well, that's cool. So now your business is what is it exactly? Your your the one you started? Yeah. So after June, so in June this year, um, I got packaged after work. So I'd already started my own side hustle. Uh, my own business is called Uncle Fresh Meats and Food. Mm -hmm. So which means I I go to meat processors, different processors, and buy products put together, and then sell already packaged out product which is easy for you to handle you see the you see paul as a people that come and grown up with the program that we have as african people i'll speak for us as african people we have this habit or this thing knowledge of thinking we have to go to the farm and get a cow slaughtered for us and we get bags and bags of meat you know we're coming home with bags and bags of meat put in the table, you're expecting your wife to start chopping up and putting Ziploc bags and put it in the freezer and everything. You've got lumps and lumps of meat in the freezer. Now, when she's cooking, she doesn't even know what cut that is, you know, because it's, it's all lumped up. So, I, and I'm saying that way of life, that way of doing things, we shouldn't, we should deviate from that. I know it's nostalgic. I know it's something that we like, but it's simpler when you come to me and I give you already portioned out pieces, backpacked, and then you take it from me, Paul, you give it to your wife, she puts in the freezer nicely. She can only pull out the pieces that she wants. If she feels like she wants to grill for you, she's just pulling out whatever she needs. So that's the concept of the business. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, my concept is also a door-to-door -door sales. So which means I sell to every door-to-door. -door. So people can call me. Then I come and fill up your freezer, Paul, once a month or twice a month or once in two months, I come and fill up the freezer with whatever cuts you want. You want steak, you want chicken, you want lamb. I come into that. You want pork, I come into that. I fill it up for you. So that's the model of the business. So, yeah, uh, one door closed and another open. So it's been good. So how long have you been doing that now? I've been doing that for seven months. Oh, right. So this is a new thing. It's a, it's a brand new thing. It's a brand new thing. A brand so, new oh, thing. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. And it's going well. Listen, man, it's got its ups and downs just like any other brand new business. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy because when you're working, when you're working, Paul, you have this safety net. You know, every two weeks, I used to get paid every two weeks. Every two mm -hmm. weeks, the income coming in. You know what I'm saying? Mm 
there's mm. a guaranteed paycheck that's coming in. But in this particular moment, you've got to hustle. You've got to put on the work yourself, you know. So some, some weeks when there's money is not there, you got to do it. you got to get up oh, and sure. go. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, my, my journey is slightly different and it's gone backwards because I, uh, well, not backwards, but it's, it's, it's a reverse of what you've done is that I've come from basically being self-employed my whole life to coming yeah. into a full-time employment and job. <laughs> How's that? How, how does that feel? How does it feel for you? Well, I mean, like you said, it has its ups and downs and um, there's a lot of pros to knowing that you're getting a paycheck at the end of the month. Right. Um, but then also it depends on your character. I mean, and it depends on what sort of level you're, you're working at because um, I have an entrepreneurial spirit and entrepreneurial heart. So I'm not the kind of person that can just go and toe the line and do a job. I always want to innovate and I want to create and I want to right. uh, pro progress and move forward. So um, as long as you're in a position that allows for that, like, uh, you know, sort of, then it's not it doesn't make much of a difference really because i'm in a i'm in a position where i am doing that kind of thing anyway right right so that makes sense that makes sense so because you have this you have been given the room and the liberty to 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 to, to uh, show your potential and your talents right that's yeah pretty much right, right. so yeah because it's uh yeah it's a it's a small company and uh, i'm helping to run the business so it's a uh, it's a good, it's a good business, and it's uh, allowing me to give innovation where it needs to be, and uh, add to it where it needs to, adding to, and learn where I need to learn. And it's a, it's a major growth experience. Also, um, taking a step back and actually learning from someone else who 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 owns the company and that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a great experience all in all. But I mean, when you talk about the 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 journey of moving from Zimbabwe to, to a foreign country, you know, and going, it's, it, it, I think most people have got a, a starting from the bottom story that they can talk about. Cause when I, when I landed here, I landed here with a family of four and very little to my name yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Zim yeah. finished, finished off everything we had. <laughs> yeah. I remember, and, you, I remember talking to you and you're like, you're like Malume, I'm, I'm leaving in about a week. Uh, you know, I remember, I remember that. So. Yeah, and it was a similar situation where I, you know, I didn't come, I didn't walk into the country into a nice uh, upper management desk job. I walked in here and the first thing I did was uh, laboring in a garden. Yeah. And for the first five months of my time in the UK, I was laboring, just doing garden laboring, you know, like oh, pick, yeah. picking up uh, bags of cement and moving them and digging holes and... Uh, yeah. And uh, just making ends meet, just so that I could do that while I was looking for something else. Wow! So tell me, so for you, how has it been for for the legal ones? I mean, you moved your whole family down. How has it been for them to transition into uh, the first world experience? So it's interesting because, again, there's like we like with everything, there's pros and cons, but it's mostly pros for them on for the little guys. Uh, you know, living in Vic Falls, it's a beautiful place, but it's not a great place for small kids. It's a it's a place where, where kids don't have much freedom. They have to stay in the yard unless they're supervised going outside the yard because at any moment there can be a lion or an elephant that's going to kill them. Um, moving to Bulawayo, 
you know, was a bit better because, um, like, my my oldest son was training uh, jiu-jitsu and martial arts with me on Tuesdays and Thursdays. He was doing uh, hockey classes on the weekends. He was doing dance classes during the week. He was going to school and uh, all the rest of it. Whereas in Vic Falls, because there's not much people, there's none of those extra things. There's just just school and home for, yeah. for little kids. Um, so coming here, you know, there's, we walk through the forest here and nothing's going to eat them. And, <laughs> and, uh, there's playgrounds built for kids all over the place. And there's, um, there's a lot more stimulus for small kids. It's a worry, you know, when they start getting to teenagers and stuff like that, because then you, you know, uh, first world life can be quite daunting and dangerous, but at, at this stage of life, it's a really good place to be. You are so right. That's all right. I mean, I, I came into this country with my brother, just the two of us. And uh, now I can tell you we are eight. <laughs> my brother, his wife and his two kids. Yeah. My wife and two kids. So, you know, so, yeah. And is your, are your wives from Canada or from Zim? No, from Zim, from Zim. But, but we met them here. Oh, right. Zimbos yeah. in Canada. Nice. Yeah. Oh, the Lord's. Lots of them. Lots oh, of that's them. cool. Yeah, one day when we sit out, I'll tell you the story of how I met my wife. Funny one. Funny <laughs> story. Funny story. Yeah, it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> So, yeah, so I saw a comment, uh, someone saying that uh, they remember me chatting to you on Asakane Live about Cyclone last year. That's how we met, actually, was yeah. that uh, you approached me to talk about the Cyclone stuff. And and I, I think, how long was that chat? We were on for like nearly two hours or something. Well, crazy. we were on for two hours because when I start talking and uh, we get into the conversation, it was nice and uh, we got lost. But one thing I'll say is one thing that impressed me about you, Paul, level of humility and uh, just the individual that you are. I approached you. I didn't think you were going to pick up my call and to say, yeah, sure, let me do this. I thought you'd be like, ah, what is this about? Uh, but when I ran you and I said, Paul, listen, I, I need you to come and share the story about that cyclone because there was famous pictures of you hanging on a helicopter, you know, picking up people, doing all this amazing work, all this amazing work for free, for nothing. Um, and then you said, yeah, I'll come, I'll, sure, I'll come and share my story. And I want people to know, to learn. I was very impressed, you know, and I was like, wow, I wish there could be more people such as yourself who come out and give themselves out for, you know, for free. And uh, I feel that that spirit doing things for nothing is, has been lost in our community. Um, when I say that, I'm saying these things like volunteer work to volunteer is something that is so crucial, and so important in our society that our children and our society and our community needs to understand how the importance of volunteering. I actually wish if only it could be introduced in our schooling system back home that you have to put a certain number of hours to volunteer for you to graduate. I wish they could do that because there's so much that it teaches young people and teaches us as a people being able to give without expectation, you know, being able to give without expecting or not saying I am doing this for Paul because I expect him to do something for me in the future. I am inviting Paul in my show and I'm talking to him 
so that when I get to the UK, if I'm stranded, I know I'm going to call Paul. He has to help me because I have done this for him. Uh, that's I'm saying that mentality has to go away. So yeah, man, I appreciate I appreciate your humility and uh, the kind of person that you are. I, I think people um, don't realize how special you are in our community. Ah, oh, you're being too kind now. But <laughs> <laughs> but to be to be honest, when like when you approached me, I was uh, I was honored to be able to even do that. And I, for me, it was more of a surprise that you were you even wanted to listen. So. <laughs> So it, it, it surprises me to think that there would be anybody who wouldn't comply and wouldn't want to share what they're doing. Um, you know what? I'm telling you, um, there's people in our community that become divas when they are they get to a certain level in life. Um, they they will we're doing we're just doing community service. We're just being ourselves, sharing the stories. But some people. I don't know if it's a fair thing to say. They, they become divorish. <laughs> and they, you know, they, they want you to go through hoops and loops just for them to come and share their experience to show that they are one of us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, okay. It's okay. But, you know, it's, it's true because I was approached by somebody in my inbox. I get a lot of inbox messages saying, oh, you need to have this person on. Oh, you should have this person on. You should do this person and give them some exposure. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm cool. I, I will happily talk to anybody that I think that, one, I can learn something from, and two, that I can probably help. Yeah. But my primary objective is to learn something and, and uh, broaden my perspectives and broaden my horizons and hopefully broaden other people's perspectives and horizons at the same time. But um i so this person is inboxed me and said oh there's this amazing artist in harari you need to get him on and they sent me links to all his work and i was like yeah this looks cool but it looks like he's also doing his own thing promoting his life and whatever and he's he looks like he's doing fine you know right and uh they they pestered me a little bit and said no no get this artist so i said okay fine so i um I contacted this artist and I said, this is what I do. This is who I am. This is what I want to, I I'd love to have you on. And we talk about your journey and how you got here. And they were like, they were so, I mean, there's no other word to describe, but it was, they, the response was so arrogant. I just, I just stopped pursuing right there. I just said, listen, if you want contact me, otherwise that's it. Fine. But yeah. I, I was very surprised by the response. I was just, you know what? I, I've had, I've had, I've had a few of those, Paul. I had a few of those, and here's—I'll tell you. I'll share a story with you. Social media is a is a, is a very big space that has become so influential in our day-to-day, -day and not only day-to-day -day living, also in our businesses. Social media, especially in the space that some of these people are in, they get to take advantage of social media. Um, so, I have had a few of those, but then the funny thing, what interests me more that later on when they realize the amount of people that you reach, the amount of audience that you reach, then they start to try and come back to you. Mm. But I'm like, dude, I talk to you nicely. <laughs> At the moment, I am busy. I'm going to try and find space for you. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to mm -hmm. find space for you. Because I already have my shows planned. Paul, you and I spoke some weeks back for this show. And mm -hmm. I also have my own shows lined up already for the next coming month. 
I think almost till the end of December, I've already got my calendar covered. And I do this as community work. For me, it's just giving back to the community. Absolutely. That's the same as this. I get no financial gain. I get no no nothing for doing this. This is 100% born in wanting to share perspectives and 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 hopefully the the main the main uh emphasis for what i'm doing here is that hopefully by looking at journeys like yours where you say you came from nowhere and have achieved something it will inspire someone who is at a place where they think they have nothing to move forward and create create what they want in their life and by exploring as many perspectives as possible you learn and get rid of your own ignorance and getting rid of your own ignorance gets rid of your prejudices, gets rid of your limitations, right. and gets rid of the obstacles that you need to do what you need to do in your life. So that's the only, that's my only motivation. Right. And, 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 and that's exactly what I'm saying. And I mean, this brings me to a point where I, I probably have to share with you why and how I started the Asakane platform. Absolutely. Right. So the, the, the motivation behind that was being in diaspora for so long, I noticed the level of loneliness that people face. Or we have people that the individual just lives by himself, nobody else. And I realized that the level of mental health, the way people are affected by mental health so high. And I noticed as well that divorce is high, um, abuse is high in our community. So I thought, we have a problem. And how can I bring people together and be able to talk about issues that will help us? How can I bring people together so that someone who is here in this country or who is in Iraq or who is wherever they are, who is lonely, missing their own people, can go and watch and interact with their own people. So that's how I created this. I went on Facebook. I said, the best way to go about it is to tackle the issues that affect us at home. I went on Facebook. I took my phone. I spoke about marriage. My first conversation was, what is marriage? What really is marriage? Let's talk about that. I had 20 people watching me on that first day. And I knew there was something into it. That's how I started. Um, And we've grown and people have come together and people have identified with this brand and people have done a lot of things. I mean, to cut the long story short, we have actually become a registered organization in Canada. Asakane Global is a registered non-governmental, non-profit organization. And mm-hmm. we have done a lot of work back home. And one of the projects that are so dear to my heart uh, is the, um, uh, the, 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 I'm, I'm thinking too much in my head. I've got so many ideas going in my head. Is the is the is the is the girl child? Is the girl child? So the, the 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 pads, the menstrual cycle, is one of the issues that has been close to me because as a father with a, a, a 14-year-old daughter, uh, I mean, I I have been told stories of girls skipping schools because they don't have pads. Mm. Girls being abused because they don't have pads being ridiculed because they have messed themselves up in school. So I had all those stories that were crazy. So, and I look at my child and I, I, I couldn't imagine how it would be for her to go about the day without having what she needs to go about her day. You understand what I'm saying? So as Asakane, 
that's something that we took up to us as being one of our main projects that we do to help the communities back home in these rural areas that are lacking these things. So we did actually um, get funding or help from the community. Uh, we bought them uh, reusable pads. I mean, we bought them disposable pads, but we realized it was not sustainable. And then we went on to uh, find ways to get reusable ones for them. So what we did was we approached a school in Binga. It's called Sematelele Prime, uh, Secondary School. We approached that school and we got a teacher from there. We sent them to Blauai to get some training on mm -hmm. how to make those pads. And then after that, we went and bought the material. She went back and she they made pads for each and every school. Every kid in the school, I think there were 157 students. So the aim was for every student to have four of those things, those pads. So they were able to make four for all the kids in the high school, in the secondary school. And they also made four the ones in primary school. So it was a it was a win-win. So that's a project that we've been working on, that we've been doing. And uh, yeah, amongst a whole lot of other things that we have done as a community on our side. So I'm glad it has grown and people identify with the brand and people because uh, we are about Ubuntu. That's the that's that's our motto. Uh, I must connect you with a past guest of mine and a good friend of mine in Vic Falls. His name's Prince Dube. Okay. And he, he's got an organization uh, registered in Zimbabwe that does similar work called uh, Yaga. It's Young and Gifted Africans. All right. And he works a lot with um, uh, girls and that sort of thing, like what you've just described. Right. And he, right. he might be a, someone on the ground there that could also be beneficial to you and Asakane. Oh, absolutely. You see, this is the beauty of uh, having such platforms. Yeah, I've, so I've got a Facebook group. Uh, it's the Soshing with Suntue group, uh, guests and panel group. So um, I'll add you to that after this. It's just for the past guests. And when we have panel discussions, I put it in there and say, who wants to join the panel discussion on a certain topic? Right. So, so I'll add you to that after this. And I'll introduce you to Prince through that. So cool, cool, cool. I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a whole lot that we can do as a community when we come together in a, in, a, in, a, in a common goal. So I'd love to meet Prince and see how we can work together and help mm. it. As uh, we were talking about uh, divas and self-important people that we were trying to, uh, trying to um, get on our shows, I was just thinking about how when how incredible it was when you approach someone like uh, Chief Ndueni Oh, yes. Who, who is actually an important person. Yes. And is actually doing real things in the world. Yes. And, and when you approach him, you're met with the most humble humility, like yes. the, the most incredible reception. Yes. yes. No, um, Unduen is an incredible man. Um, that's again, that's something I have you to thank because you put me in touch with him. So that's how we got him on the show last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, this, oh, this is the only way we can do things, share these things, help each other, introduce people to each other. Um, I have been blessed, I, I won't lie to you. I've been blessed through working and through doing things here on the on, on this social media space to, be in, to, to have been introduced to people that I never thought out talk to, um, to walk into offices that I never thought would be possible to walk into, 
just because of the space and the work that we have done as a community. So, yes, Undiweni um, was not easy, for, was not difficult for me to get to. Uh, and uh, there's a whole lot of them. There's a whole lot of them that I'm going to introduce to you that I have got to meet in, in the short journey that I've been in the cyberspace. That's amazing. So how long has uh, your talk show been going for? It's been on for four and a half years. Wow. And it's yeah. weekly. Yes. And uh, you know what? It has grown. First, I started I chose just myself, just doing it by myself. But we have grown to introduce other, other hosts of the show. We've got DJs, we've got a pastor that comes and does a sermon every Saturday. But uh, another lady, uh, Osimi, that talks, does her show on Saturdays. We've got a DJ that plays on the week. And we've got a gentleman that does, on Tuesdays, he does uh, finance, teaching people about finance. And then we have another one that is off-season now, uh, Zab, who does real estate business, a second in business, real estate people that want to come and share stories or learn about business, he does that. And then the Tuesday, we come to learn about finance. And then... I, my show comes every Sunday, every Sunday, every every week, where I, I talk about issues that affect us as a generation. I talk about anything. I, I talk to guests that come and we have a story to share. Uh, I, I talk about, I bring a topic that we talk about. This coming Sunday, I am talking to an amazing lady that is based out of the UK who has created a, an online platform for learning. For example, right now you're going on to lockdown in the UK. Yeah, she, she helped out in terms of homework. So she's got a Cambridge uh, online schooling type of a thing where she helps kids all over the world with their assignments. Assignments, so she'll go one-on-one. She's got tutors that will go one-on-one and teach these kids. And she's got tutors all over the world. So it will be an interesting conversation. And I think one that people need to come and listen to and because uh, it is going to be helpful. And this is someone who is amongst us as well, one of our own. That's amazing because uh, I'd like to get in touch with her as well. Did yeah. you see uh, the one episode where I had uh, a lady called Ruth who lives in Australia and she takes like young Australian, like especially depressed kids back to the village in Zim? I know Ruth. I didn't see the episode, but I know Ruth. Okay. So you, you, you're you on it. <laughs> I know her very well. Uh, man, I... Oh, I know a lot of people now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it that way. I know a lot of people now. Some I just know them from a distance, but Ruth, I know her personally. I've had uh, uh, quite a few conversations with her as well. Uh, she's a great woman as well, and it's very oh. dynamic. And uh, yeah, she's, I just, yeah. I love her to bits. Very funny too. Yeah, very funny. Um, I also, I had a, uh, a comment on my show last week when I was with Chief Nduweni. Uh, yeah. Someone saying that I think they tagged you and said that I must come on your platform sometime. It was a lady, I can't remember who it was. Right, she probably missed that conversation. So, yeah, I guess probably you, probably you are due to come back, Paul. You've I think a, I think a revisit is necessary. It is very necessary because you know, like I said, Asakane has been growing over the years. I have the Asakane page, which that's where we do our broadcast, and I have the Asakane group, which is now interactive. Group is interactive for people to be able to comment and post and do all sort of things. But the page, only the admins are able to post material in there. Mm. So 
group has been growing steadily. I think we're now at about 25,000 people on that group and and the page. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's reaching. It's amazing. It's reaching a lot of people. So, yeah. It's, so a lot of people, because it's been growing and growing, some people missed that show that we had you on. on. So, you, yeah, it's time you come back, man. Time you come back because there's a story there. We, we need to learn and understand more about your story, how, you know, you've... Uh, is it how it has been for you in the UK? The difficulties that you face are they the same difficulties that has faced you and I, me as a black man, you as a white person? Do we have the same challenges when we get to the first world? I don't know, man. We need to ask. We need to compare knots. We need to. We, knew, we do. We need to talk about that because I think I think the the difficulties that I face would uh, actually surprise you, and. Uh, Likewise, I think some of the difficulties that you face would equally surprise me. So, absolutely. But uh, I think that's for another day. That's for Bef another day. <laughs> before we uh, start wrapping up, because I've got a couple of fun questions to ask you. Okay. Um, I just want to remind everybody. So, especially since what you were talking about with the Asakane group, that's what I'm trying to do with the Soshing with Suntwe group as well. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that people will start to interact and start to explore perspectives and ask their own questions and post their own posts and, and even put a post up there about topics that they think we should talk about. Um, so if you're in the group, go for it. It's there yeah. for everybody to learn from. I'll, and, I'll, tell, I'll, tell the, I'll tell you the challenges of a group and I'll share with you, probably, no problem. The challenges of a group is that what, what I'm finding is for me, I have a certain vision of how things should be done mm. of who we are as a people. So, unfortunately, with a group, when you have about 24, 25,000 people, you'll have, you, you're getting all sorts of people, man, all sorts of people. So, some are, some, some are rude, some are just outright miserable people. They just come there to, be, to do whatever they want. Some <laughs> just are there to learn. Some interact. Some are Bro, it's a lot of work to manage the group because you have this thing that you want people to conform to. So we have rules, not to racism, not to tribalism, not to vulgar language, not to sexist comments, not to homophobic comments, uh, you know, all sorts of things like that. So be nice to others, do what to others what you'd want them to, to be unto you. So we have a set of rules and once it's a group, it's, all, it's a free for all. Paul, you have no idea what <laughs> in the inboxes. Some people will actually come at me on the inbox and just blast them. I but, understand. I used to be the, the one and only admin of Harari Gnosis Board. Yeah. And my word, it's like, it's like putting a bunch of two-year-olds in a pen with weapons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the internet definitely brings out the dark side of people. It's uh, it's quite serious. But one thing that people we that what we forget as a people that the internet never forgets. But also some of the uh, some of some people the internet actually reveals the characters, reveals who they are, without realizing what they type. They are actually revealing their characters. As much as they might think, no, we are just playing. This is not who I am. This is social media. You actually bring out your subconscious persona out. This is who you are in the subconscious side. 
you, you don't tell me this is just internet. I'm just doing this. Nah, ah, ah, ah. It's you. It's in there. It's inside you. This thing it just didn't come from. <laughs> what 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 amazes me is that people do those things and they think that their their negativity is affecting the person they're being negative about. When in actual fact, yeah. it is not doing anything to that person. All it's doing is making them look bad. Absolutely, exactly. Anytime they they throw mud, all they're doing is getting muddy hands, because the mud doesn't hit hit us. No, it does not. It does not. So I laugh, but I we have had some people that would come at me, <laughs> come at one of my admins, and be so rude and so nasty, and then we talk to them in, at the back in private, and then they start to calm down. Then they realize, oh no! I'll give you an example. This past week, this past week we had a family. Uh, that came out and put a post on our platform asking for help um, because their child was uh, this woman. Well, I mean, we can say she made a mistake. You cannot gamble with your child. She was able to give Malaysia her child to cross over to South Africa with the child. And when the Malaysia got to South Africa with the child, that child, uh, the, the woman did not have the funds to pay. So the Malaysia guy says, "No, listen, I'm 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 not giving you the child. Give me my money." I worked, pay, pay me. I, I, rightfully so, he wanted his payment. You understand what I'm saying? Because he had yeah. done work, so she had to pay. But she, she did not have the funds. So she came onto the group, she asked for, she asked for money. You know what, when she asked for money, um, people ridiculed her. Some people attacked her. So here's the story behind this is, she was, a, the mom was able to write a comment into the inbox of one of the ladies that was, really insulting her. She explained the situation. That woman came back to us and said, look, I apologize. I was wrong. That was bad. And she actually contributed the bulk of the money to go and pay for the child. You understand? Mm. The child was, she paid to pay and the child was released. So it's an experience that some people might not realize it happens out there. There's so many things that happens out there in this world. And this is why we need to be able to work together, come together, help each other, teach, educate each other, you know, to show each other some of these things you should not do. You should not do this because it does not help. It puts you in risk. It puts the child in risk. It puts everybody in risk. You shouldn't, there's some things that you should never do. You understand what I'm saying, Paul? Mm. True. Um, so just... Um, Everybody, if you've got any questions, because we're going to start wrapping up now, I'm going to ask a bunch of my little questions that are just for fun anyway. But uh, whilst we're doing that, drop your questions in the comments and uh, anything you've got to add in the comments so that uh, we can try and take your questions before we wrap up. So I want to know from you, what do you think as well? First of all, obviously, we got to do the Suntwe question. So Obviously, I'm Suntwe, and uh, I normally ask people what animal they identify with, but you probably have a totem animal, don't you? Uh, I know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a heart. Uh, ah, okay. But, so, but my animal is right here. Have you seen my tattoos? I haven't. Yeah, my, animal, my favorite animal is a lion. I love the lion. Lion? Yes. So I, you identify with the lion. Yeah. Proud, yeah. proud and uh, strong and regal. It yes. fits. It fits. Yeah, that's that's me. I identify with <laughs> That's awesome. So what do you think is your biggest accomplishment? 
You know, I've worked hard in my life, but my biggest accomplishment, I always say this when I'm asked this question, is, is being a father. It's being a dad uh, to two exceptionally beautiful children. And um, to when I look, look at them every morning, I say, this is me. And I know I have a responsibility. I owe it to these children that there is a roof over their head. I owe it to these kids that they have clothes on their back. I owe it to these kids that they go to sleep with their bellies full, you know. I'm happy, you know. My gener the generation can be go on. My legacy can go on now because I have this. You know. Yeah, it's amazing. And uh, what is your most treasured childhood memory? It's a memory that one year I was in Gwanda. I was about eight years old. There was so much hunger and drought in that area. You know how dry Gwanda is. Mm -hmm. I left, I used to live with my grandma, just the two of us at the time. I left my grandma, little boy, and I went to, I walked a distance, I think it was maybe five to 10 kilometers. I don't know how long that is. I should, I should check now. To Tule River uh, to go and fish, to catch fish. Little did I know that I was going to end up in the fish industry as well when I was an adult. So I went there and my grandma spent the whole afternoon looking for me, looking for everybody, everywhere. Everybody was looking for me. And I came home when it was not dark. And I had a big catfish that I could not even carry. I had this thing like on my shoulder and it was dragging on the ground. And I'm dragging it up, coming home. When I get, as I'm getting home, people are looking at me like, you the grandmother, your grandmother, you know, is crying. When I got home, the face, my grandmother's face, you know, she was angry, but she just melted, happy, because we were, we had been, we had gone through days just going to sleep with sadza and water, water, mm. salt, water with sugar, you know. So now I'd come with some protein, I'd come with meat. But the anger just went away. And I, I would never forget that memory. You see, that's the stuff that we miss in this part of the world and what people miss and don't experience is that kind of uh, like basic, basic accomplishment, uh, like that, that sense of victory, that sense of uh, contribution to your, to your family unit. Yes. Like at, at, at that base level, not uh, obviously everybody contributes to their families and that sort of thing and accomplishes things in a different way. But at this level, it's a completely different thing. It's a completely different thing. Completely different thing. And somebody might not understand. And somebody might listen to my story and think, ah, it's, not, it's nothing. They might trivialize it. But to me, to me, it means a whole lot to me. And there's a whole lot, there's many lessons that I got out of that. For sure. And uh, with the last question. If you could master one skill that you don't have right now, what would that skill be? If I could master one skill that I don't have right now, well, probably. Hmm, oh. Tough one, eh? That's a tough one. There's many skills that I'd like to master. I'd like to master a lot of skills. But if, I'd if I would master one skill that I'd like to, would be a film director. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 
That's, that's cool. something that I would like to do. In fact, I tried to go to college at some point for film, but I, I, because of life around me, I couldn't take up. I couldn't take it up. I ended up doing what I had to do to feed my family. Yeah, I'd love to myself. But you must, uh, there's a podcast that I listen to called Impact Theory. Okay. And uh, this guy, all he wanted to do in his life was become a filmmaker. And it, it's, he ended up being uh, creating a billion dollar company called Quest Nutrition, which is all about sports nutrition. Um, and he's quite an incredible individual to listen to. So anyone out there who think who wants to listen to anything progressive and something that will help with your own self development, watch uh, watch on YouTube Impact Theory or listen to the podcasts, and it's amazing. I think you should listen to him and stuff because uh, I would listen. A, I would listen to him because I'd love to make documentaries, and that's yeah. something that I love. I enjoy. I would like. To so we've got Chilo here, a good friend of mine. He's asking, uh, "What's the future of Asakane post uh, COVID?" Um, we have a whole lot of um, things planned ahead of us. Like I said, we are a registered uh, non-profit organization. There's going to be a lot of traveling uh, that's going to be take place, uh, getting to many different uh, remote areas just to try and help people. And there's going to be um, get-togethers as communities. I We have planned one that we can get to one in South Africa and there's there was one that was already planned for this past July in the UK, but unfortunately COVID hit, so we couldn't do that. So we have to get back to that. So there's a whole lot of things that we are working on. Uh, some of them that I can't just say because they're still in discussion with people on TV. So, yeah, but yeah, uh, good things ahead. Good things ahead. So the future is bright. The future is bright. Actually, Paul, I'll tell you this. With the COVID this year, we sat down with my team, with my crew, with my team, and we tallied down on the, on what we have done as an organization. We actually have done more this year than any other year with COVID affected us. That's amazing. A lot more. We have fed a lot of families as a community. We have paid for a lot of people's bills, uh, schools, uh, rent, and raised money for donation from Pilot Hospital. We did that. And just last week, as a community, we also raised money for the bereavement of the young musician Kevin. Uh, you know, we, we have done a lot. When I looked at when I looked at the numbers to tell it down, I think as a community we have been able to. We have, we are only upwards of sixty thousand pounds. Wow. Yeah, as a community, this is not me. Yeah, sure. It's not my domain. It's a Sakane community coming together to contribute towards good causes. We've got another uh, comment from Chilo. He's uh, uh, sorry to be direct about this, but I love this initiative. We need more synergies between the many ethnicities and races from Zim scattered all over the world. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing direct. I think uh, what you're saying there, Chilo, is 100% true. And uh, there's no need to hide from that. Anyway, I think on that note, we're going to uh, wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure chatting to you. And um, I will hopefully be on your, uh, your platform soon as well. Absolutely. 
I would love that. I'd love to come and join you there. Uh, thank you to everybody watching who came and whoever commented and got involved. Uh, we're here every Wednesday, same time, different guests, different topics, different perspectives, different ways of viewing things. Um, uh, sometimes we have a panel discussion, and on those panel discussions, I try to get as, as diverse um, a panel as possible from all different walks of life. We had a great one about conservation and hunting a few months ago where we had Americans, Brits, Zimbabweans, white Zimbabweans, black Zimbabweans. So the, the perspectives on it were just incredible. And rather than looking for a correct answer or looking for uh, to push an agenda or a specific opinion, we tried to just sit there and talk from all different perspectives to give you the information that you can then make your own decisions with. So I think that's the important thing. And as I always say on the show, this is a show where we look, where we um, celebrate ordinary people that make extraordinary decisions and live extraordinary lives as a result, because we don't believe there are any extraordinary people out there, just ordinary people that make extraordinary decisions. Every single person out there, whether they're billionaires, whether they're um, whatever, the same blood plumps through those veins and the same, um, we're all made out of the same molecules and matter. So there's no supermen and batmen out there we're all just the same um so yeah thank you so much and with that i want to say good night to everybody thank you so much take it easy see you later <laughs> cheers cheers All right.